Hey there and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life. You know, we've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us today and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. God is good and he's going to move and he already has been moving and uh, you know, who thinks we've got something pretty incredible young people in this church? And it was so great to see you guys up here just sharing what God has done. And uh, make sure you don't just share it in this room, but when you go back out into your schools, into your friends, share it there. Because that, when we speak about the goodness of God, things really do break. And people say, actually, I'm going to come to shift next year. I'm going to come to church for you on Sunday. Well, it's a real honor to bring a word to you guys today. And for those of you who are watching online, it is good to have you. And uh, as you may know, I am not Pastor John. Pastor John and Chantel are taking a well-deserved rest on holiday. So I think over this next week, we can be praying for those guys because they've been given out. And uh, I'm grateful that we're in a church that values rest. And uh, we have pastors that lead by example. They take the rest they need. And um, can we do that? Is that all right? We pray for those guys. And uh, let's pray for the word and then we'll um, read our key text today. So Father, we just ask you to bless this time together. We pray that these words are your words. They will transform us to be more like Jesus every single day. We thank you that you've got a word for each and every one of us and that we can come as we are, but you don't let us stay as we came. So Father, bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, before we sit down, let's read our key text. We love to stand to honor the word of God because we believe it's got the power to transform life. And it does. It does. And so this morning, I'm going to be taking you through um, the start of Acts chapter 3. So we'll read together. It'll come up behind me on the screen. It says this, One day... Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. Everyone say, look at us. Look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. That's a pretty amazing bit, isn't it? (laughs) So taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet, began to walk, and then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Amen. Father, we just thank you for the word. We thank that it's sharper than a double-edged sword, that it's got the power to transform our lives. Father, we pray that as we enter into this message, that you just increase our level of expectation. We thank you that you're speaking to us, that you're transforming us. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Guys, you can take your seats. Say hello to the person next to you. This is the time to... Get your notebooks out or your phone notes. We at Shift, we encourage all of our young people to take notes. 
And the reason we do that is we say it does two things. Firstly, it sets our intentions. And secondly, it sets our expectations. And so I'd really encourage you to take notes because if you're anything like me, I am very good at getting distracted. I'm a professional at getting distracted. And so taking notes helped me stay on track. And um, last week we had an incredible time. And we literally saw young people's lives shift spiritually, transferring from one place to another. It was incredible to see. Uh, I think you got a little bit of a glimpse of it with Ollie and uh, Fiona and Nono up here, that they were not the same young people that went to shift as what came home. And who knows that God can do that. We saw healings and breakthroughs. We saw salvation in young people. We saw young people stepping into their God-given identity. And do you know why? It's because when God speaks, things shift. When God speaks, things shift. And so I thought we'd bring a little bit of that home. Is that okay? And so if you're taking notes, the title of this this message is Shifting Our Expectation. Shifting Our Expectations. Just say it back to me. Our Expectation. Well done, guys. The 9 a.m. were not as good as you, honestly. They just were a little bit slower. They couldn't grab it. But you guys, you're another level. Give yourselves a round of applause. One of the things we keep praying about for our young people is that they would rise up and be the young people that we need them to be in their societies, in their homes, in their friendship circles, and in their schools. And I think one of the best ways we can do that is we can, um, we can understand more about who God is and what God wants to do in our lives and the expectation that we can have when God is in the room. So when they go into schools, they know their schools can be transformed because they serve a big God. They know their families can be transformed because they serve a big God. And so can I tell you a story from when I was at school? Is that all right? I've actually got a photo of me from school. Um, and uh, yeah, it will go up and it's, it is not a great photo. I'm, this is what I was like. Yeah, like what was happening with the hair? I feel like I was making it famous before Harry Styles. What a flick. flick. Just moulds around the head. I look like a Lego man. I do have parents that love me, but they just didn't take me to get a haircut. I don't know. I don't know what that was. Well, I was generally a pretty well-behaved student. And um, I was always close to the trouble but I never get caught. It was anyone else like that? It was your friends who were naughty? Yeah, yeah, okay. You guys know how to do it. Like, you always just leave at the right moment. And um, one day, me and my friends were leaving the canteen, and uh, I had school lunches. And um, do you remember the classic school lunches? And they'd say on the board, it's like a roast dinner. And they were always below expectation, <laughs> weren't they? <laughs> you'd go there, and you'd get on your plate like a bit of beef that was tougher than leather. And you just chew on it. Or, or the lumpy mashed potato. And I, I remembered this, and I wonder if you guys had this. The lumpy mashed potato that was served out of an ice cream scoop. Like, like what was that about? <laughs> and then you're thinking, do they use the same ice cream scoop for dessert? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Or, or if you were lucky, you might get jam and coconut sponge. Yeah? But then... Chocolate custard. Like, just put, does anyone still eat chocolate custard? 
Yeah, that is a thing. Like, I wouldn't even know where to buy it. But at school, you live off chocolate custard and like golden syrup pudding. It's brilliant, isn't it? But anyway, I was leaving the canteen one day uh, with my friends, and um, we had to just, our, our path back to like where we used to hang out. We went past some offices, and um, there was an open window, and on the ledge beneath the window, there was this treasure just sitting there, just calling our names, saying, Sam, Sam, come and get it. Do you want to know what it was? It's a schoolboy's favorite. It wasn't, it wasn't chocolate custard. It was a crate of Capri Sun. <laughs> and after our disappointed lunch, we thought, well, have one of these. That's what schools are made of, isn't it? Capri Sun. And um, so my friends and my, we decided we we're going to have it. We we're going to take them, you know. I don't know who taught us about stealing, but obviously I hadn't learned that lesson. And so we decided we were going to steal these Capri Suns. And um, for some reason, my friends decided that I should be the one to go and grab them off the window ledge. Now, I am not the most subtle. Um, I don't have the most control over my limbs, as you may be able to tell. <laughs> Quite gangly. But they seem to think Sam can go and do this. So I tried to embody the best stealth mode I could. I thought about every single SAS film or book I'd ever read, and, and, I, and I snuck up to get these Capri Suns. Uh, I, I got there, and I got the crate, and as I turned my back, what I didn't realize was that Mrs. Minnis, everyone go, oh, I really hope she doesn't go to church. She lives in Essex, but, but that is her real name. Mrs. Minnis caught me. She caught me as I was making my getaway. And she said this, Samuel Milcham, you have not lived up to the school's expectations. That's savage, isn't it? <laughs> Just felt like crying on the inside. Like, oh. <laughs> you see, if I'd only shifted my sight a little higher, I would have seen that she was sitting on the other side of the window, working away at her desk. Now, after she caught me, she actually uh, made me write a letter, apologizing and explaining what the school's expectations were. And funnily enough, they did not include sitting Capri Suns. <laughs> I did try and work that in there, but I couldn't. But I think all of us have had moments in our life where life has not lived up to our expectations. I wonder if that's for any of you. Maybe it's our own actions that cause disappointment or the actions of others. Perhaps you just didn't think you'd end up in life where you have. You see, I think Acts 3 is a, is a story about how God can do more with our lives and expectations than we can ever imagine. I think we can all relate to the lame man in Acts 3. Let's look at verse 2. It says, Now a man who is lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. You see, this man was going through life being carried by those around him. Often that's what disappointment can do. Disappointment can stop us from making our own decisions, but allow us to be carried by those around us. He was not able to live the life to the full due to a sickness 
in his body, which caused him to be lame. You know, I think sometimes we can become lame in our bodies because of disappointment, because of unmet expectations. I think we all have moments where we end up being carried by the world, by what we see around us and by what society tells us to do, often because of unmet expectations. I was having this thought that unmet expectations can often lead us to unintended destinations. I wonder if you can relate to that. That you've ended up somewhere you didn't mean to be because of unmet expectations. And perhaps even this week, some of you had disappointment. Not getting the results you wanted for those of you who might have got your A-levels this week. Uh, Not landing the job interview that you thought was in the bag. Maybe the rejected house offers that you've just been desperately trying to find the perfect place. The uncertain health scans. The unexpected bill. You know, I think we all have things in our lives that don't seem to go to plan, that don't meet our expectation. And these things can push us down, right? They can make us look at what's around us in our immediate vicinity. And I think that was the same for that lame man, that all he knew was how to look at his current situation. And every time he did look up, he just saw this beautiful gate and people who were walking around fit and healthy and whole. But he was there begging, looking down at his situation. All day this man sat outside the temple. His attention was focused on where he was at, on the despair in his circumstances. And the scripture shows that he sat there for a long time. He'd been lame since birth and the people who were around that area knew him. And he was just trying to scrape enough to get by from generous passers-by, sitting in front of the gate called Beautiful. But then it says, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Now we can assume from the scripture that that was what he did. He begged, so he would have asked thousands of people daily for money. But something was different about this. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. You see, again, I don't think that that's that unusual. If you're walking down through the streets of Norwich and someone asks you for money, you'd often look to see where the voice came from. But what Peter did say was unusual. He said, look at us. Peter didn't only look at the lame man, but he got the lame man to look back at him. You see, for this man, his expectation was simply to survive another day. And maybe that's where you're at. You're just simply trying to survive another week. Another week of summer holidays. Trying to get through, trying to feed the kids before they go back to school. He had his head lowered in despair. But Peter said, look at us. You see, living life with your head down is is what I call short-sighted living. When we can only see our immediate problems. Maybe it's just looking at the next meal, the next paycheck. But I think actually for all of us from time to time, When we find ourselves in those moments of life, we actually need to remember how to be long-sighted again. We need to allow God to shift our sight from short-sightedness to God-sighted. Seeing our situation through His lens. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. 
I wonder how many times we get caught up in our immediate circumstance. It then says in, in verse 5, so the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Isn't that amazing that this man shifted his attention? And in doing so, expectations started to arise. I don't know if you saw at the start of that, that video, the shift highlight, and uh, Dara said, who's expecting God to move? That was just such a word for the whole week is that young people were just coming in expecting God to move. I wonder how many times do we come into church expecting? If I'm honest, if I'm really honest, sometimes I can come into church distracted. I can forget who God really is. I forget what God wants to do in my life. And I don't come into church expecting. I come into church just thinking, that's another Sunday. Pastor John is going to preach a word and we're going to have a worship and then I might get a sausage roll on the way out. They're good sausage rolls. But are we expecting when we come into the place? There's two questions we all need to ask ourselves from time to time. The first one is, what are we looking at? And the second one is, what has my attention? Because when I shift my sights, my expectation changes. And if you're taking notes, you can put that down as your first point. That we each need God to shift my sight. You see, in the lifting of his eyes, expectation returned to this lame man. More than that, hope returned. And and I wonder, maybe if today you're feeling in a hopeless situation, but right now, you're going to make a decision to shift your sights from your circumstances to your saviour. Because in that act of lifting up our eyes, we're reminded that for we live by faith and not by sight. That greater is he that is in me than he who is in the world. And maybe there's an area that you're actually thinking of right now. I've been short-sighted in that area. That's okay. That's okay because right now you've got the ability to say, actually, you know what, God? I'm going to get a fresh perspective on this. I'm going to get a fresh perspective over that situation. I'm going to get a fresh perspective over that curveball that came at me. Because... This paralyzed man got a curveball. He got a curveball that rolled straight off Peter's tongue. Peter said, silver or gold I do not have. Imagine if you are that lame man that's begging there for money. And then someone says to you, look up. And he expects something. And the person who's going to give you something, Peter, says, I don't have silver or gold. You're thinking, well, you've just dashed my expectations. For some of us, that would be the worst phrase we could possibly say or hear. That our bank accounts are empty. That we're broke. But for Peter, he says it with such confidence. He starts with it. He says, I haven't got silver or gold. You see, Peter spoke with such authority because he knew that silver and gold were temporary. He he knew that he could only help the man in his short-sightedness. But with Jesus, but with Jesus, life could be given. Healings could be performed. Uh, His life could be restored. He could go from a place of darkness to a place of light. That's what he said. But what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. You see, Jesus doesn't want to simply shift your sight. He wants to shift your stance, what you stand on. 
Ephesians 3.20, you know it. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. And so taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. Instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. I wonder what you've been standing on. That man literally was healed by standing on the name of Jesus. Not only did this man's eyesight shift, but his stance did too. He went from sitting in brokenness to standing in strength. He went from sitting in captivity to standing in freedom. He went from sitting in isolation to standing in community. You see, the same thing that happened to that lame man is the things that God wants to do to us too. Standing solely on the name of Jesus Christ. I wonder if you're really honest with yourself and you ask, what have you been standing on this week? I wonder if the answer would be in the name of Jesus. I, I hope it is. Because I know if you've been standing on the name of Jesus, you've been experiencing those things. Psalm 40 verse 2. I love this. It's, it's this beautiful picture. And it's a psalm written by David. And he's talking about a moment where he feels like the lame man. Where he feels like he's in desperation. When he feels like he's broken. It says this, he lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud, out of the mire, and he set my feet on solid ground, and he steadied me as I walk along. I wonder how many times have we found ourselves standing in our own strength. You see, for our expectation to shift, we need to shift our sight, we need to shift our stance, but then we also need to shift our sound. What's your sound? Right at the end of the scripture we've been looking at, it says he jumped to his feet and began to walk. And then he went into the temple courts walking and jumping and praising God. What I love is that it wasn't just a physical thing that happened. But even something inside this man started bubbling out. A new song came out of his spirit. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up right now because I know when God does something profound in us, we can't help but sing about it. It, it, it bubbles out of us. Maybe you sang the song when you were growing up. He put a new song in my heart, a deep cry within my mouth. The Bible says in Proverbs 1821 that life and death is in the power of the tongue I think that's so critical and so key for so many of us in the situations we find ourselves in what is our sound you know for that lame man for for years he'd been begging his sound had been one of, of pain of one of pleading of one someone crying out for mercy saying please can I just have some change and there was nothing wrong with that he had to do what he had to do to get by and survive but he probably said that thousands of times a day, crying out, pleading for people just to give him a bit of silver, a bit of gold, just to get by. But what happens with that one encounter, with that one moment with Jesus, his song changes. His song changes to one of praise. His song changes to one of triumph. I wonder what sound is coming out of your voice, out of your mouth. You see, I think each and every one of us makes a sound. And when God does something, it does something powerful.
Psalm 43, he put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. But he doesn't stop there. It says, many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. You see, what I love the most is that when we start singing a new song, it doesn't just stay with us. It goes out to those around us. You know, the great miracle was that this lame man started to rise. But I think the even greater miracle was a new expectation in the temple that day. If God can do it for him, he can do it for me. If God can see that lame man walk and rise again, he can do it in my life too. So maybe God has done something in your life. That's why it's so critical that we have a sound that goes with it. It's so critical that we have a new song in our mouths. Hey, can I just share you a quick story? Is that all right? Some of you will know me um, and you've known me for many years, but I'm aware we've got quite a lot of new people here. And so part of my story was um, I grew up in a Christian home and I stopped going to church about 15. But then I ended up getting involved in uh, events and nightclubs and I ended up becoming a DJ. And so I love my music. I love my sounds. And I was always playing like the, the air horns, you know, the reggae air horn, the ba 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 ba. You guys know it. A rewind selector, all that stuff. And um, I'll be in nightclubs like most of the time. And I started coming to church at about 20 and I was still DJing. And I remember being here at church on a Sunday and for the rest of the week I'd be doing different sets around Prince of Wales and playing all over. And um, I remember one day God really challenged me. He says, what's your sound? What's your sound? When you go into a place, what sound are you bringing with me? Now, I have to be really honest because I was just playing the, the stuff that people wanted to hear on the dance floors. And now I don't think there's anything wrong with that per se. But I knew the sound I was bringing wasn't always a sound that glorified God. It was a sound that encouraged a hedonistic lifestyle. And I had to check myself. And I had to say, what sound do I want to be known for? Now, I still listen to loads of stuff I used to play, but I think I have a different approach to it. I don't want to be known for it in the same way I was. I don't want to be known for that sound anymore. I can still enjoy it. I can still boogie. I still got my dance moves, the youth know it. I haven't got any dance moves. But my sound's changed. My sound's changed because God's done something in me. I've actually decided when I go into a room, I want to be known for the sound of Jesus. That's what I want to be known for, the sound of love, the sound of peace, the sound of kindness, the sound of forgiveness. I wonder what sound you want to be known for. Hey, right now, I'm going to ask every single one of you to stand in this moment because I'm pretty certain that there are people here today that you've come into church and, and you've been like the lame man and your expectations are on the floor right now and you don't know how you're going to go on and, and you're just like that lame man who's just struggling to get by and you feel like you're sitting in your rags day after day and you've been carried by the world and you haven't really got any say on where you've ended up. But luckily, just like the lame man, you've ended at the temple. You've ended at the temple. And the good news is, is that where the temple is, the presence of God is here. And when the presence of God comes and does something, you can stand up again. And your sight will change. And your stance will change. And then your sound's going to change. I wonder if you could all close your eyes and bow your heads. Because I'm pretty certain that there are people here that are going to be really honest right now. And you're going to say, yeah, my expectation has fallen low. Maybe you've been putting your expectation in the wrong things. You know, often we can put our expectation in men, in people around us, in family members, in friends. And we're expecting them to come through. But Pastor Johnny said this before, and I'll say it again. 
Let's always remember to have a low expectation of man and a high expectation of God. Maybe we need to reset our expectation in God. And remember, the greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. That I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Find the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. I wonder if today you're going to say, you know what? I'm going to shift my expectation. I'm going to stand in the presence of God. I'm going to stand on what the Word of God says about me. I'm going to make Jesus Christ my firm foundation. If that's you, in a moment of privacy, would you just be bold enough to raise up your hand? And can we pray? And let's say, let's put our expectation back in God. All over this room, people just say, you know what? I put my expectation in wrong things. I put my expectation in the news, in the government. But right now, I need to put my expectation back in God. If that's you, just put up your hand. Just high enough so I can pray with you. Come on, Father, you see every single person here. Lord, you know exactly what's going on in their hearts. And Father, we pray that right now, that you'd enable them to see their sight change, that they'd give them a godly perspective, that what they'd stand on wouldn't be anything temporary, wouldn't be anything that falls, but it would be the rock of your word, that they'd stand on your presence, they're standing what you say about them, that Father, we pray that you do something so dramatic that their sound would change, that even today, over lunch with their families or their friends, that they'd have a different voice, that they'd start speaking life, not death over every single situation in Jesus' name. Come on, I wonder if you can worship. I wonder if you can allow God to put a new song in your heart. Come on, worship team. Come on, who's grateful for a God that doesn't fail us? He won't fail us and he won't start now. Hey, I'm really certain there are people here today that have never ever made a decision to follow Jesus. You've come to church, maybe because you've been carried here by the world, just like that lame man was. And you've been placed here and you're not really sure why you're here. But let me tell you that there is power in the name of Jesus. That whatever you're facing, Jesus has a solution. And a part of our every service, we love to extend an invitation to those that have not made a decision to become a Christian, to become a follower of Jesus, an opportunity to do so. So if that's you here today, I'm going to ask everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes because this is a personal moment between you and God. This is a moment where you can say yes to making Jesus your King, Jesus your Lord and Saviour. Now I can tell you from my story, I'm so grateful that I put Jesus first in my life. My life looks so, so different to what it did then. I have a life of hope, a life of wholeness, a life of love. And if you want that for yourself, all you've got to do is say yes to Jesus. He'll meet you right where you're at. You haven't got to get right to come to Jesus. He'll, he'll come to you. So if you want to make a decision, say yes. I'm going to count the three. And you can just slip up your hand high enough so I know who I'm praying for. One, two, three. Amen. Amen. Come on. Come on. Hey church, can we say this prayer together? Is that all right? Dear Father, thank you for dying for me to forgive all my sins and failures so I can have a brand new start. Please come into my life and help me by the power of the Holy Spirit to trust and live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give every single person a round of applause who said that. 
Hey, hopefully one of our teams spotted you, but we've also got an incredible team that are going to be holding these barbs above their heads when you head out. And they'd love to just chat you through what it means to be a follower of Jesus, what some of the next steps are. And they've also got this as a gift for you to mark this day. It's a special day. It's a day where you're going to say, I've been shifted my expectations. And, um, you know, I believe that God's got such plans in store for you. And so, uh, Kate, can we, one more time, give a round of applause to every single person made a decision. Thanks again for tuning in. And if you said the salvation prayer today, we'd love for you to email connecttofaith at soulchurch.com so we can talk to you a little bit more about this incredible decision that you've just made. Yeah, you know, and if at any point in the service you felt moved to give towards any of our local or global initiatives, then head to soulchurch.com and click on the giving at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us today. And we hope to see you again soon. God bless.